Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Tristan. I'm so happy to welcome you guys to the Novus Podcast. This is a podcast that's going to change your life. I need you guys to watch all the way to the end. But first, hit that subscribe button, share this with a friend, like, and comment. Let's get into this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 30 of the Novus Church Podcast, guys. I'm so excited that you joined us today. Um, this this man that I have coming on our podcast today. I am so honored to know him. Um, I've gotten to know him over the past month or so, um, past couple of months, but he, every time he's around me, it's like, I just sense God on him because he has such a humility, you know, like it, it's like, he's, he's been walking with Jesus and he's just like smelling like the aroma, like the woman with, uh, who broke the perfume, you know, she broke the perfume over Jesus. She, she put it all over him. And the interesting thing is she walked away smelling like him. Uh, because when you, when you put that kind of stuff in your hair, when you spend time with Jesus, you're going to walk away smelling like his presence. And every time I'm around, I'm around Cody, it's like, Ah, there's Jesus. You know, he's just such a humble guy. His story is incredible. And I just had to have him on the podcast today, y'all. So I'm going to introduce Cody Morris to you guys. Cody, welcome, bro. Hey, hey, how's it going? So good, man. So good. I'm excited to have you, bro. So. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm really excited and uh, just feel honored, you know. I feel like uh, the, the Lord wanted me to be on today, too, because I prayed about it and I was searching my heart. Like, you just don't want to take every opportunity that that presents itself but when it's him you just want to just be like all right lord um this is you so i want you to to be glorified in this so so good so good bro and i just i just feel like god has just such a calling over you from when we've spoken about your testimony and everything like i just feel god just has this calling that you're like stepping into and it's just gonna like be so big bro so i just i just want to give you the floor i just want to see it yeah uh just glory to him for that. I, I believe that he's got a lot of good things prepared for uh for us, for the body and uh, for my wife and I walking into this new season. So I'm excited. Um, I actually wanted to start out with my testimony a little bit and kind of hit on that. I feel like the Lord prompted me to get on that. So, Let's go. Um, so yeah, um, I grew up in a small town in North Georgia uh, called Ringgold, Georgia. And I grew up here. I, um, I'd heard about heard about Jesus for like forever. I've heard about Jesus, but I never had an encounter with the Lord. So I would have identified as a Christian um, just because my family had gone to a Baptist church. I would have said I was Baptist, not really knowing what that means. I knew it was a type of Christianity, but I didn't know anything about it. Um, I would have identified as a believer, but really not having given my life to the Lord. And I believe that in the South, that there are a lot of people that that are like that, or even in churches that go to churches that, that say, hey, I'm a believer, but really haven't surrendered their life to the Lord. So that was where where I fall into in a classification of, of, um, of people. I would have said I was a believer, but did not know him. And um, so I lived my whole life that way. I, I grew up, like just starting back, like I grew up in a very like poor family. Like my family was extremely poor. We grew up in a double wide trailer, me and two other brothers and, um, had three half brothers at one point. Um, they're older than me. Um, so they, they weren't there whenever I was older and stuff. So, so looking at that, like I grew up really poor, like so poor that like my dad was having to go, uh, dive in dumpsters to feed us. Like we were very poor and, so my life was full of shame and full of all kinds of hurt, 
growing up and things I never knew how to process. I don't think that I even, I never really actually cried until I gave my life to the Lord. There are things that never emotions that I expressed and people, people that talk to me, they're like, I have a hard time believing that this is your testimony because of like who you are. And it just really is a testimony to the goodness of God. So growing up this poor, um, I was searching for myself because I could not, I wanted something to identify with that made me feel like I had purpose because be, being like that, when you have nothing, you want to identify with something. You want to say, all right, this is who I am. So I started uh, playing music. I wanted to identify with, with playing music. I wanted to identify with uh, playing guitar. Um, just being in that scene, I wanted to identify with skateboarding at one point in my life. Um, I wanted to identify with uh, drinking and alcohol. I got super involved in, uh, I was super heavily addicted to pornography for my, like, since I was like, I don't know, probably like 10 or 11. So I was really just looking for myself, looking to feel this desire of my heart. And so, like I said, like, I would have identified with a Christian, but wasn't really a Christian. So for 25 years of my life, I'm living like this lie and I'm searching for myself and um, just full of shame. And then my dad passes away at 25. At 25, when he passes away, I feel like my world is upended because I don't know how to process emotion. I've never had a significant death of someone that I was really, really close to. Um, my, my grandparents passed away, but I wasn't really close to them. So it didn't, it didn't phase me like that, but I was around my dad quite frequently. So that it really hit me when he passed away. I began to start drinking more and just really just kind of going off the deep end. And, um, one day I was coming home and as I arrived, my aunt was in my driveway and, um, I hadn't seen her in 12 years. And I had no idea what she was up to. But when I saw her, she had this light in her eyes that I hadn't seen in anyone else. And not to this significance. I've been around people that knew the Lord and I could tell that they knew the Lord, but she was like walking with the Lord and the Lord was had sent her there. And she said that she said, the Lord sent me here. I'm like, I don't know what that means. What do you mean the Lord sent you to my house? But I was so drawn to her, you know, like you're drawn to that when, when you're, if you're, if you're sincerely open to the things of God, you'll be drawn to it. And the love just, you could see that love just compelling um, in someone. And she was just, just looking at me and she wasn't preaching to me. She wasn't uh, um, saying I need to, to repent or anything like that. She was literally just showing me the love of the Lord by being there for me in this time in my life. My dad just passed away. She's there. And she begins to say, hey, come to my house. And uh, she starts to feed me and just starts to be there for me. And I'm, I'm 25 at this point. So I had a job. I was, I was good. I was doing, doing all right, you know, as far as like the successes of the world. Um, I was actually a teacher and a coach at a high school. So I was like, I mean, I, I felt like I was doing all right at this time. But um, I saw this in her. I, um, at this point, I ended up resigning from my job just because I went off a deep end. And uh, I resigned from my job as a teacher and I just started hanging around my aunt. And as I was hanging around her, she asked me to, to live with her and um, to stay with her for a little bit. And so I started staying with her. She brought me to uh, a church in Chattanooga 
And I was at this church and they're having this revival and I have no idea about church and what this should look like, but these people are just on fire for the Lord. They're, they're shouting, they're, they're dancing, they're lifting their hands and they're just worshiping. And I feel this presence. And, but at this point I didn't surrender my life to the Lord. I, I saw people speaking in tongues and all kinds of stuff. I'm just like, all right, trying to figure this out. I didn't really didn't know what to do, but I wanted, I wanted what was in there. And uh, my aunt invites me to this prayer meeting. And this is a prayer meeting um, that they pray for the nations uh, and these ministries around the world. They pray for different nations and um, for them to be saved. I, I was just like, okay, I'll go with you. I get in there and there's like eight people in there and they're all women. And the pastor's wife, who I don't know, and uh, I go to sit down in a chair and as I'm about to sit in the chair, she said, the Lord wants to speak to you if you'll listen. I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what this means, but uh, they sit me in a chair in the center of the room. And it was like, these people just disappeared because of the voice of the Lord just became so strong to me at this point. The Lord was prophesying to me through these individuals. He was telling me who I was. He was telling me who he's created me to be. He was addressing things past, present, and future. He was taking the past and he was saying, I'm here. And that's not who you are. That Those things that you did are not who you are presently that I have this future for you. So these begin to address the future from the now. And I believe that God always dresses the future from the now because he's not going to take you somewhere that you aren't already. He, he's going to make you what he's already made you to be. Like, so I felt such hope that I'm like, yes, I give my life to the Lord. The Lord that night commissions me to the mission field. And I'm like, I'm from Ringgold, small town. I'm not going anywhere, doing anything like that. That's my mindset. But then he says it and I want to do it immediately. Like, yes, Lord, I want to do, if you want missions, that's what I want. I give you my life. I'm no longer my own. And um, so that happens. I have this radical change and in my life, I began to seek him. I don't know what it's like. I don't have any point of reference for what it looks like to seek to seek the Lord. I've never read the Bible in my life. Um, and um, so I start reading the word and I'm really not getting so much out of it. And then I, I, I heard about being filled with the spirit. I get filled with the spirit. And I'm telling you, bro, like this the Bible just becomes real to me for the first time, you know, like I'd never known anything like the word of God. And I just started to cram this in me. I'm like, yes, just night and day, day and night, just reading and praying in the spirit, singing in the spirit. And the Lord just starts to speak to me and starts to just break everything off of me. It was like within a month's time or something that, excuse me, like all the addictions and stuff that I had, like the pornography, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I, the Lord said, surrender this to me. It was just so much like all of that stuff. Just he, he filled with me with so much love. He filled me with so much love that my yes to him was a no to everything else. Um, so as I gave him my yes, everything else, it was like the law of displacement. Like, as he filled me, everything else went away. And I, it's so easy. He said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So in that intimacy of just knowing him in this time of like, I'm in my, I'm in the prayer closet for a couple of hours a day, eating, eating the word, just eating and feeding myself and knowing him just made me free. It wasn't like 
it was pretty much just like this law of displacement. It's the best way I know to say it. Like I was, I knew I was immediately free the night that I gave my life to the Lord from everything. I knew that I was immediately free and I walked that out and it was like no time at all that I was just walking in it. And that person, you know, I, I really believe that he says that if any man is in Christ, if any man is in union with Christ, he's a new creation. And that means you're completely new that that old person is dead and gone and you've become new, that you have become right with God, that you and God are one. And as I begin to feed on these things and see these things in the scriptures, I believed it. And I just like that simply just believed it. And that's what I became. And people, I've even had people like tell me like that that's not who you are. You know what I mean? Like that say that they don't believe in the, the Saul to Paul transformation. They don't believe in these things. And I'm like, I don't care if you believe it or not, because I believe it for you. I believe it for me. It's happened to me. And the same thing that I have, I want to happen in you. I want to happen in every person because once you see the truth, you want people to have it. And so um, that's kind of my testimony in like a nutshell. Um, I kind of wanted to give um, just a little bit of a word as well. Um kind of, I don't know, I'm just filling this thing out, but that's my testimony in a nutshell that I believe that God makes you a new creation as soon as you give your life to him, that you are born again and walking out your salvation, just listening and obeying him because he has a hope for you and a future for you. And it's found in him. It's not found outside of him. It's literally found in him. I love in Jeremiah 29, 11, where he talks 29, 11, 12, and 13, where he talks about that. He says, I know the plans that I have for you and the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and hope to give you a future. So he's talking about all these things. And then he says, he didn't say, then you call upon me looking for the plans. You should look for the plans. He says, you'll just call upon me and you'll find me. So he is your plan. The plan that he has for you is actually him, that he is your exceeding great reward. And as I begin to see this, a lot of people in ministry get caught looking for the plan and the call. And I've done that even I've, I've like, cause you want to do something right. You want to do these good works. And so today I want to talk to, to you guys about um, what the Lord laid in my heart about repentance from dead works. And um, it's something, it's actually a foundational doctrine found in um, if you look at Hebrews six verse one, he says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God. And list some other things, but I want to focus on this one, repentance from dead works, and then also kind of uh, the second one, faith toward God. But he calls it a foundational doctrine, and um, it's the foundation that God has laid for us in Christ to be repentance from dead works. And that word dead means things that you've done that are fruitless. And I like to see it like this way. Let's say it like this, that there are things you've done disconnected from God. And they could be good things. They could be God-endeavored plans. But if you do it apart from him, he considers them dead works, that they're not built off of faith. And faith being this relationship that God has created us to walk in union together. And... I think the body of Christ has a lot of good things happening. They're doing a lot of good things, but good things that aren't connected do not survive the test. He said that there's going to be a test in first Corinthians of the works. Our works are going to be tried. And I want to make sure that I'm not just doing something like even this podcast, like, Lord, do you want me to do this? Because if I'm going to do it, 
like Moses said, you're going to have to go with me. You're going to have to go with me to do it because I cannot do anything in myself. And I think that's the mindset we have to have. So as you repent from dead works, you're literally saying, Lord, I'm sorry for doing this, this endeavor without being mindful of you, without being conscious of you. And you turn your heart to God. And that is the faith. So repentance from dead works and faith toward God connects you to him. Faith in his love. Faith works by love and is fueled and energized by love. And so I just want to continue to talk about this because repentance from dead works is such a, a foundational doctrine. It's actually the first one he lists. Um, in Hebrews 9, I want to read this scripture. He says, how much more, this is 9 verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works. So God literally wants to purge us from everything that we've done that's disconnected from him. He wants to everything that's been, that's happened in our life um, before Christ, in Christ, and he wants us to be fruitful. Um, the reason, I, I want to read this too in Colossians 1. This is just a tie. I, I kind of wanted to have three scriptures in here uh, pertaining to um, just works. Uh, Colossians 1 verse 10, Paul's praying and at the end of it, or in this prayer, he says um, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. So God wants you to repent from these dead works so that you can have living works, that you can serve the living God bearing fruit, because as you're connected to the vine, that the fruit that comes out of these good works. So you're not just to have these good works, but you're to be fruitful in every good work. And he talks about in other places, love and good works, the fruitfulness before the works. I think so many people get caught up in the works and doing the doing the doing that they're not bearing fruit. But the way the Lord said this to me, he said that you don't have to try to bear fruit. You just have to die to bear fruit. And you see that in John 12, where he says, except the seed falls into the ground and dies, it just abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Um, so in my heart, I just want to see the body of Christ come to the realization that as we're doing things apart from him, um, even the slightest thing, even just like throughout your day to day, like through, even if you're not called to ministry, even if you're called just to be a house, like a housewife um, or, or a uh, house dad say you say you're just watching the kids all day god wants you to be so mindful of him and so aware of him that that bears fruit unto eternal life into your children unto those people around you or if you're working a construction job or you're working at walmart or you're working wherever that you're constantly mindful of him that you're in a place where you're listening to him and um and you're abiding in him because as you abide in him he says that you bear much fruit so my heart's really to see people turn their heart towards God and really find out, like, are you actually in him right now when you're doing this? And it's not like, um, it's not like legalistic, like, oh, like, it's so easy just to abide. It's really the easiest thing to say, all right, I surrender all. And right now, I just choose to live in you and move in you and have my being in you. And I'm going to walk forward with you in mind. And you're going to shepherd me, Lord. I'm going to allow you to, to speak and I'm going to listen because I know that your word says that I know your voice and a stranger I will not follow. And as I deny myself, and as you do that, you just know that you're going to follow through, follow through with good works and, and fruitful works because God has 
he has good works prepared for you. He says that we've been recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works that we should walk in them. So he wants us to walk in these good things. But I like what he says that we've been recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works. So a lot of times we could try to do these works without his inspiration because like you got to have his his word for it to be him. You got to have a word or a leading or a prompting on something instead of just getting into something. And you can see sometimes, sometimes even with us, like going to harvest school, like it was just being transparent. We were like, should we go or should we not? You know, like, should we go to harvest school? And we didn't have like, thus saith the Lord on going to harvest school and nobody really confirmed it unto us. What, what we both had us the same day, we just had like this like thought come to us, harvest school. And we've been waiting for five years to go to harvest school. And then the Lord just prompts us like harvest school, just like this thought and this knowing like now's the time to go. So sometimes it's not like this explosive like thing, but we took a step out. We sold our truck. We moved out of our house. We started doing these things, preparing in like, Sometimes you'll have hiccups along the way, but it doesn't mean that it's not the Lord. The enemy will come and with or without, if you have fight or no fight at the same time, you just have to trust in, in him walking in that because there's such grace. We got to harvest school and we found out like the Lord started to confirm to us, like you were supposed to be here speaking to us words that we had never, like even like vocabulary, specific terminology that we had never told anyone he starts to confirm that and it bore such fruit in us because it was a, a God-given thing. We turned our heart in repentance toward the Lord. Just like, and when I say repentance, I don't mean like we've done something wrong. I'm saying like, I think that that is the position of actually following the Lord. Your heart, once you've repented, you just live in repentance. I live not, not confessing my sins, but I live, repentance is literally changing the way you think. So I've literally crucified my flesh and I'm li literally going forward. I live on the cross and my flesh and my, and my, and my spirit, I live in heavenly places. So my flesh is always crucified and my spirit's always in heavenly places. And in that, I know that I know that I'm not being selfish. So my motives are pure in him. And I only want to do those things that please him. And that's really the position of life that we have to live that I'm only going to do what the Father says to do. That's going to bear fruit. I'm only going to say what he says to say. That's going to bear fruit. And um, I just wanted to talk a little, little bit about fruit and how important that is to God. Um, in the beginning, you see the first blessing that God, the first thing God ever says to man, the very first thing he says, be fruitful, multiply. And he's not talk, talking about having kids. He's talking about, I've made you in my likeness and image. Now be fruitful and multiply my image. He's literally saying multiply who I've made you to be, not just talking about children. And we've been recreated in the image of Christ. We are one with Christ. We are to recreate Christ everywhere we go as we preach the gospel or as we just live the gospel. People, I've had people come up to me and say, the joy that's in you, like people want what's in you. They see him. And so we have this that people can come and literally like if if like they see you and they can take a bite out of you and they say like you're this is the lord i want that like i have with my aunt like i was sharing my testimony like i saw her and i wanted that and that's as simple as that as you live holy in him if you just live in him you will produce this fruit that people want um and he is literally 
so that's originally God's plan is for man to be fruitful. And uh, Jesus says, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So the, actually the only way that we are going to give God glory here on earth is to be fruitful. And the only way we're going to be fruitful is to die to ourselves, except a seed falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bear much fruit. It'll bear tons of fruit and multiply. So us like signing our life away, giving it to the Lord is like, once we say Jesus is Lord, that means that you're going to call the shots, Lord. And that's going to bear much fruit. He is, he is giving God glory all the time. And I'm just giving some scriptures here about fruitfulness, because this is a message that I don't know if I, I don't even know how much time I have left, Tristan. I'm good. Okay. In James five, um, I don't know what verse it is. Let me turn here. James chapter five. Oh boy. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up about bearing fruit for the Lord. And it's this easy thing that you don't have to try to do it. It's in him is the fruit in, in the vine is the fruit in your connection to the vine. You'll bear fruit. But, um, let's see, uh, James chapter five, verse seven. He says, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. He said, behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. Then verse eight says, be you also patient, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord draws near. But I love what he says here. He says, talking about God, he is waiting. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it. He is literally waiting. We what what is God waiting on? We are is he coming? Is he coming? He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting. He planted a seed when he gave Jesus one seed he planted that it will bear much fruit. And he is looking to redeem the bride back to his son, but he's looking for a spotless bride, a pure bride, just like imagine like a piece of fruit that's just pure, amazing delicate fruit that you would want to eat you wouldn't want to eat something that was rancid or that was not um that had spots on it you want to eat something that's without spot and without blemish and god is going to partake jesus is going to partake of his bride when he consummates the marriage um it's going to be so beautiful and that's what he's waiting for he's waiting for us to actually walk in him and live in him because we're, we're joined unto him right now. We're in this joining and he's teaching us his ways and he is the vine and we are the branch that we're going to produce his offspring for him. He's literally given us the ability. He said, go make disciples. And so fruit is, is literally coming forth from the word and from the spirit and joined with one another. And as we walk in him, we can expect to see that everywhere we go. Um, let's see here if I have anything else. I'm just like, I'm just jiving with something I had in my heart just recently. This is something I have just kind of going in me recently. But I think that, so we talk about this, The I wanted to say the foundational point of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. The church hasn't talked a lot about repentance from dead works. Because I don't think a lot of the church, can you see me? Sorry, bro. Okay, cool. Something happened on my computer, but um, re repenting from dead works is not a, repentance isn't a bad word. It's not. It's not like you even. 
it's really this turning of your heart. It means to change the way you think, to change the way you do things and turning your heart from away from those things that don't produce fruit onto those things that are producing fruit. You're turning your you're turning away from the old onto the, the vine. You're just saying, I'm going to abide in the vine and I'm not going to move. Like I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, I felt like this, you know, he says, um, when you believe the gospel, you are sealed with the earnest, you're sealed with the Holy spirit. And I felt this seal in my heart. I don't know how to explain it, but I just felt so protected inside of me. And, um, I still feel that. And like, people are saying, you're going to burn out. You're going to be like, you're not, you're not going to feel that way. Just wait. You're going to, you're going to cool down. And I just feel so much more that seal in my heart because you protect your conscience, your, what God is doing that you don't override what he's saying. If he's saying, no, I'm saying no. If he's saying, yes, I'm saying yes. If he's saying, wait, I'm going to wait. And, but I felt this seal in my heart and this seal is this precious. He sealed this precious fruit, the, the first, like the first offering of the fruit, the first, uh, the earnest of the spirit in my heart. And as I began to listen to him, as I began to obey the spirit, that's what produces fruit. Even in Galatians, if you read Galatians, um, the fruit of the spirit, he talks about the contrast between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is not just this abiding thing that's within you, that's going to manifest itself. It's by, it's by walking in conduct with the spirit of god he says if you be led of the spirit you're not not under the law in romans 8 he talks about to walk in the spirits to be have your to be spiritually minded to have your mindset on the spirit the spirit of god is outside but the spirit of god that you're going to listen to is inside of you he's going to speak to you from the inside out um and as we begin to obey him that's what produces fruit um fruit is literally a product of obedience and it's not of works. It's just, it's, I'm dead. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. So the Christ living in me is going to produce the fruit as I just surrender myself and give him, give him my life. Maybe, maybe I'll turn there really quick in Galatians five, just put my eyes on it and see if there's anything. Um, I love, I love starting just Galatians five verse, um, verse, uh, Let's see. All right, verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, unto freedom. Only use not your liberty and freedom for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh. And he talks about all these. Then he talks about then 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such that there is no law. And they are, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So I believe you can see that there that um, it's so cool. Like works are works. 
the works of the flesh are going to produce that. But he said, but basically, if you, as long as you're following the spirit, as long as you're in relationship, because fruit comes from relationship, just like, just like how babies are made. If you think about that, that's a relationship of intimacy that produces this seed that produces this amazing, uh, a child or a tree, anything that's pollinated produces this fruit. So fruit is produced from relationship works are produced from being separated. And I think God right now is trying to get people so conscious of being unified with him before they do anything. I'm just really passionate about that, about seeing people come into union with God before they try to do these works, because the works alone, um, one of the scriptures like that's on my heart, has been on my heart for like, since I gave my life to the Lord, he says, many in that, many will say unto me that day in Matthew 7, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we done uh, not mighty wonders and, and healed the sick? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. And knowing him is the objective him knowing you and you knowing him in this transparency and this death to self and walking in the spirit that's what's going to get us that entry that well done good and faithful servant and not a depart from me it's really the simplicity of i really was bare before the lord and i allowed him to have his perfect work in me i didn't have to it's not something i conjured up and say lord well i I went to the food bank once a week, and I uh, served there, and I did this. Uh, I I preached the gospel on the streets, and I did these things. He's not looking for that. He's not looking. I I laid hands on 50 dead people, and they all raised up. And you could still get a depart from me. I never knew you. And I think it's a good thing to tell the body of Christ that what he's looking for is relationship. What he's looking for is to really know you. The reason that we were created was to walk with him in the cool of the day. The reason we are created was to be his and is out of that produces everything that we're created to be that it's not a works-based system. And, um, but out of that comes these good works out of that love comes good works. Um, show me, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you, you know, that's what Paul said or what, uh, James, yeah, it was James. And so like out of that loving him, he that loveth not knoweth not God. So if you don't love God, if, if you're not in relationship with God, you'll never show love. But as you're loved, you'll love. So that's kind of the message in my heart right now. I'm probably over. I don't know. But um, yeah, so I just believe we should just turn our hearts to God. I, if I can just pray right now and, and kind of end this. Lord, we, we just thank you that you have recreated us, Father God, in your Son unto good works, that we should walk in these works, but only as we walk in your son, that we'll just walk in the light, that we are your children, that we are your your family, that you are the vine and we are the branch, and without you, we can do nothing. So we just turn our hearts toward you. We turn our minds toward you. We thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to forgive us from any dead works or anything that we've done outside of you. And we say, Lord, we just endeavor to please you we open our hearts and minds to say, yes, Lord, we, we repent of anything we've done that's outside of you and just walk in you, walk in the light as you are the light. We thank you for filling us afresh with your spirit. I ask you that everybody that's listening right now would just come in contact with, with a greater intimacy and a greater knowing of who you are and who they are in you. I bless every ear and every 
every person listening, Father God, that they will see that you've chosen them, that you've created them, that they can give you glory, that they can walk in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you hear me? Amen, bro. So good. Sorry about that. My mic was off. Um, so now we're going to head into some Q&A, guys. And I'm I'm just so excited. That message was just so powerful. Uh, you got me a lot that I have to dive in and look at because that was like mind-blowing. So good job. I <laughs> loved it. The Lord totally just imparted something. So my first question today is, what is the most impactful encounter with God you have ever had? Wow. Um, that's a good, that's a very good question. Uh, the most impactful. <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that's a good one. Um, trying to think. So there's some really good things that happened at Harvest School. Um yeah. One of the most impactful things that's happened recently is um, he spoke directly into my wife and I's situation that we we just came out of a situation and he spoke directly to us and so faithful. So he didn't have to say anything to us because we knew that he, we knew the truth. Yeah. We knew what was right and what was wrong. But he so spoke to us uh, through an individual at Harvest School um, that knew nothing about our situation, just... I love prophecy. I love I love the prophetic. I love it when God steps in and he says, you know what, this is truth and I'm going to address everything right now. And um, he spoke right into our situations and then fell on us and just like, you know, you, you end up in you end up in extreme laughter and crying and just all this stuff because he's just there touching you. And uh, but yeah, he, he really freed us and, and spoke to us. I, I saw I saw truth that he had been speaking to us in our innermost being. And then I saw his faithfulness to confirm it to us um, and, and talk to us about something. Like I said, he really didn't have to per se, but he does. He's, he's faithful to tell you things, even though you may already know them, he's faithful to be there. And that really touched me. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Um, I, I love how God speaks through prophetic word. Um, it's incredible. I, I just got done doing a prophetic AMT class uh, for through BSSM, and we were just learning like foundations of the prophetic, things like that. And it was by Ben Armstrong, who's incredible. Um, but he was talking about something. He was like, it's not a coincidence that the prophetic, uh, like in First Corinthians, you know, in chapter 12, uh, you have, he talks about spiritual gifts, the foundations, and the in-between spiritual gifts and praying in tongues and prophecy is the love chapter. Yeah, And then he was like, I'm willing to propose that uh, when it says like, um, love is patient, love is kind. I believe that the prophetic is patient. It is kind. And and he's describing what the prophetic is and how it, it's there to encourage us. And uh, God uses it to speak to us when we need it the most, you know? Um, mm. And I, yeah. And another thing he said that just really struck me that, which I think I've recognized you and Nina do is kind of like every day. Um, get up and ask the Lord. Ah, here, I have the quote right here. I put it in our group chat earlier. But it says right here. Um, so basically, he's he's saying, ask God 
this question. Scroll down. Okay. God, what are you doing and how do I partner with it? Uh, yeah. It's so incredible. So this encounter I had with the Lord, um, I we were we were in class and it was uh, during my RG and we had this lady uh, come and she was leading us all through an encounter. And I went into this encounter where I saw this field. And um, I, when I encounter God, sometimes it's a vision. Um, and it's always, whenever it's a vision like that, it's always right before a big shift in my life or a big shift in the atmosphere around me. Um, so I'm in this, in this uh, vision and I, I'm, I'm in this field that has like an incredible view. It's like, like just so green and it's like gorgeous. And I, I walk up this like trail that's going up and I see this bench with like a big tree. And I sit down on the bench looking at this and then I, I turn around and I just see Jesus walking towards me. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I got nervous in the encounter and I'm praying and I, f- I feel like I'm in um, like a whole different realm. I didn't know what was going on. It was incredible. But so I, I see him walking towards me and uh, I felt led to like invite him to sit next to me. So I did. And um, we were talking and it was like, uh, it was just like, well, we weren't talking at that moment. It was just quiet you know, and uh, we were just sitting looking at the view. And then I asked him like, God, what do you want me to do? And then he said, rephrase that question. And I was like, okay. And then he said, rephrase it as like, what are we going to do? Wow. And, yeah. I, was, and I was like, whoa, okay, Jesus. So what are we going to do? And then he just told me, he said something crazy. And so I think the reason why he told me that was just because like, he wanted me to partner my faith with his and like just just walk with him you know and i think when we partner every day with god we're gonna see something crazy happen because it's like jesus like healings like jesus can do something amazing you know um but but it's up to us to say like what are we going to do or what are you doing right now god like just recognizing him in the room that's Um, so i love that yeah it really is like those encounters just mark you you know, I'm writing a sermon for next Sunday on the power of encounter just because of how like impactful encountering Jesus is. I, I think when you have an encounter with Jesus, no one can convince you that God is not real. You know, like this world has a lot of people that are trying to convince you, you know, in our comment sections, we get it all the time. Like, oh, Allah is real or all these other gods, you know, it's like, no, I know my God is real from a personal encounter I've had with him. Um, yeah. So I wanted to just kind of go into my next question, which is like, how has God changed your perspective in the last year? Because like my my perspective is constantly changing, bro. <laughs> like it's, sometimes it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. That that's a really good one. I mean, even now, um, I feel like I'm in a season of perspective change right now. Like we just we just got back from harvest school, so um, throughout that, that really wrecked the way I think, the way that I perceive, like, I think I've come to realize that that more of the sovereignty of God than I ever have before, like, like in a different way. And, um, and then, so, wow. I think something you were just talking about, about the partnering with God, um, that's something that is really big. Um, really big with iris they just find out what god's doing and they partner with it and for me seeing that that i can just like see what God, god's gonna allow me to see what he's doing mm-hmm. and it's up to me to have a relationship with him to see how he wants me to attach to this what where do you want me positionally on this how can i support what like 
what is my goal? What is like you said, what is our goal, Lord? Like, cause I'm in him. Like, what am I, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like you're seeing the entire body. And so you're seeing everybody, especially like what we're seeing now in Chattanooga, like, what is my position in this Lord in you? What is my position in you in this? And, um, learning that everybody has a role and, um, everybody has a very, very important role. And even if he's not necessarily using me, like in the gifts and stuff at the time, like he's used me a lot in the gifts, but I don't have to be using the gifts to be a part, you know, like to be a part of it because he could choose to use someone else. And I'm like, I am so about that. Uh, my perspective right now is I want to see people come in to mm-hmm. seeing how to partner with God, seeing that they have a role in this and they should take their place in him and take their place and put their hands to this plow. Well, what he's asking them to do, because I believe right now there's a generation of people that are coming into the Lord that they're, they're endeavoring to walk with God and God has something for them. Um, Jesus, Jesus said, um, like, my it's he said i'm satisfied or it's he says like i have meat that you know not know not of talking i have food that you don't know about my my source of fulfillment is to do the will of the father who sent me and so seeing people come into what god's will is and partnering with that and that's really what's going to fill them that's what's going to sustain them more than any other thing uh in this earth Mm, so good oh um one way he's changed my perspective is living in freedom. So, so I, I, I think in the last year in 2022, I, uh, in the beginning of it, you know, was when I started Novus and I was like afraid of social media. And I was like, I was like, I cannot do social media. So I just didn't even have a smartphone, dude. I had a flip phone. (laughs) So, so I, I was like, I was like, I can't do this because like the enemy will just get in my head scrolling through these videos and things like that. I wanted to stay pure. And, yeah. and I just felt like the Lord told me like, why are you afraid of the enemy? Why don't you take back that territory? You know? Yeah. And so he changed my perspective over time. Like it started out just posting videos of like other pastors. And then I forgot corrected. Like, um, like, why don't you make videos? And I was like, okay, God, I'll make videos. And, and now it's turned into this time where it's like a part of my daily prayer, like, um, like, and my daily reading, like, as I read, the Lord highlights things to me and says, okay, write these words down. And I write them down as I'm getting revelation from him. I write Mm. them down. And it's like, he, the way he gives it to me is like in video form, like, like, this is what you need to say. Then here's the verse. And then I'm like, okay, God. So I'm like writing this script in my journal and like, it's like incredible. I think as I've been doing this and people ask me like, how do you make these daily word videos? And I'm like, well, I'm just, I'm not making them. I don't, I don't think I, I think I'm just getting revelation from God and I'm just being obedient to what he's saying, you know? Um, and, and like, I know that sounds wild, but like my perspective is so shifted from like, I'm afraid of this social media to now, you know what? No enemy, you can't have it anymore. We're going to build a kingdom, build God's kingdom on this and then use it as a tool to promote the gospel, but not just promote it. Cause I think a lot of churches use their um, social media as this thing as like, um, it's kind of like, I heard someone say, it's kind of like a billboard. Like they're Mm -hmm. just putting advertisement for them to come into the building. But I think God's calling us to change our social media rather from, um, promoting our church to actually teaching the people on the other side of the screens about Jesus, you know? So I think, 
I think that God is shifting the perspective, not only of mine, of social media, but I think he's shifting the perspective of most Christians and a lot of Christians of it. Cause I think a lot of Christians are afraid of social media. Like, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, for sure. Um, I dealt with the same thing. Um, you know, like I, I went to a flip phone too. I maybe, maybe there's a season for that in people's life where the Lord had them disconnect. Like he had me disconnect. I believe the Lord asked me to, um, and, and to really learn temperance, you know, learn, learn self-control, learn how to walk with God in that because it is a fruit of the spirit. So as you're walking with God in that learning how to obey his, like your temperance is, you're only as temperate as you are obedient, you know, mm -hmm. like as you are obedient because temperance isn't just like throwing temperance at something. It's something that's in you by the Holy spirit is temperate and he's within you. And as you learn to obey him and you're like, all right, then God, I love what he says. He says, let all things be done unto edifying. So like, mm -hmm. if I'm on here, I want to be edifying the body or reaching the lost, you know, like I yeah. want to be doing something proactive for the kingdom. Life is, it, I I've been struck lately with how, um, how short life is, you know, he says your life is but a vapor. It's just a, just a breath of the air. So we're here for a short time and we are here to make an impact. We are here to unravel the works of the enemy, to destroy hell. Mm -hmm. It says Jesus was manifested. He came to this earth to destroy the works of the enemy. And we are here with the same agenda that he's already destroyed. We are just uh, ambassadors to enforce what he's already done. And um, I really believe that, that if we're on social media, we should, we should not be afraid of it. We should go after these things because what you're seeing, like what you're seeing in your feed versus what you can put in your feed, go ahead because light overpowers darkness every time. So your light bursts up and down that feed and destroys everything else. I just really believe that because as soon as somebody sees what's in you and what's coming out of you, they are going to be changed. Like God has ordained this. I just feel the Lord right now. God has ordained this ministry for you. And set aside this time, even for you, this, this niche of time that you're in right now, that you're coming into the position that God has for you, that right now he's, he's uh, fine tuning the little nuances of your life right now. And he's taking you into a place to where you can be held on a, you can be in front of a platform and come in and out. He said that the sheep will go in and out and find pasture that you'll be in on social media and off of social media, be an influencer to those around you. Wow. So good. Good word. Good word. So as we talk about like what God's doing on social media, I kind of want to move into like, what do you feel the Lord is doing in the world right now? Wow. That's yeah, that that's a super duper good question. Uh, I think that he's doing the same thing in the world as he's doing uh, everywhere. I just think, I think he's really um, perfect in the, in the world in the, he's perfecting the body, but in the world, he is just trying to get people that will go into these places uncompromised Christians that will live uncompromised and will be able to preach Jesus with or without words that their life lived will preach unto those people around them um, and declare God's goodness, declare God's faithfulness. And um, I see right now that there, there is a move of the spirit that is on us in the pre I love what he says in Psalm 111 uh, towards the end of that, I think maybe like verse eight or something, but in the Amplified, it says that the fear of the Lord is the prerequisite for anything that God does pretty much. So if you look at it, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's to, it's to hate 
certain things and it's to love what God loves and hate what God hates before we're going to step into that, that the body of Christ is going to, to really come into that and, um, and really tap into, I know I'm probably like coming off your question because I'm talking about what he's doing in the church more than, but, um, I'm just seeing that, that God is moving in a way that we're going to see, uh, an outpouring and an outpouring is so much different than a revival An outpouring is almost like this sovereign, like washing of God. And it's going to come from the body of Christ because he's going to have people in place that he's going to pour out his spirit and he's going to move, but he has to have the body to, to be there, to be able to say, all right, these people are being born again. Now we need to give them the milk. We need to raise them up. They're going to need to be raised up. So the fear of the Lord is coming in place to where that we're only going to do what he says to do and say what he says to say, because therefore he can entrust into us true riches of this outpouring because we fear him. And uh, it's going to be a move of the word and spirit because these people are not just going to be, um, you know, the, the, <clears throat> the word without the spirit, it's dead, but the spirit without the word, it'll make you a flake. You, you'll be so spiritual that you have no grounding in you. And God is wanting us to be balanced. Jesus was, Jesus was the word made flesh and powered by the spirit moving. And we are to be uh, living epistles. We are to be the word made flesh. We are Christ in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Christ lives in us. We are, not, you know what I'm saying? We are Christ lives in us. We are part of the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet and God has empowered us with his spirit and we are moving forward. And that has always Amen. been the plan of God. And um, so, yeah, I just believe he's aligning us with the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Um, I, you know, you said, I know you were like, I, I know I went into the church, but I think that as God builds the church, we impact the world. Come on. So, yeah. So like as he, what he's doing in us impacts people around us. Um, I mean, just from personal experience, like I've had, I had someone at work tell me, they were like, I watched your video. And I was like, which one? <laughs> and they're like the, this one. And they showed me it and they're like, it actually inspired me. And I was like, really? And they're like, and I don't even believe in God, you know? So it's, it's interesting how what we do impacts them negatively or positively. Yeah. So, so they can even have, they can either have a good experience with God or they can have a bad one because like, I mean, we have Christians today that, and I'm sorry to call people on the table, but this is real that like, they, they say they're a Christian, but they don't show Jesus, you know? Yeah. And I think we all fall in short of that. You know, I've, I've, I've said I'm a Christian and fall like not done what Christian things do or like what not walked with Jesus, you know? So sure. like, I just really want to stress the importance of like what you do. You're an, like you said, you're an ambassador of the kingdom. You're an ambassador of Jesus. So if you want to see people in your house saved, show love. You know, yeah. if you, you know, don't, don't show them the opposite because it would just scare them away from him. You know, cause if they're, if they're like, that's what you're, the Bible says you're supposed to be like Jesus and you're, you're acting like that. Like, and you're like, I know I'm a sinner, but like, it's just like, it's so, it's so wild. But I think, I think what God's doing right now in the world is a shift. You know, I think there's a reason why um, the pandemic happened and I, I'm hopefully my YouTube doesn't get taken down. I should not have said pandemic, but um, <laughs> so I think there's a reason why we all took a great pause. You know, I think that uh, as a church, we had, had the Lord was um, 
and I think the, the Lord was like, we need to pause this because we had a lot of uh, content going in a way, building these mega churches, like the attendance was getting great. You know, people were coming to Christ, but I mean, we also like, I mean, a lot of uh, Gen Z was leaving the church, you know, people, the, the percentage was like going crazy. So I think God is wanting us to shift. And I think there's a reason why he shifted to pastors having to preach online for a minute. You know, they had to see like that the Lord was like, why are you afraid of putting your messages on the internet when like the, when like, like I have this, this area that needs to be, um, have the light in it, you know? So like, there's a reason why he did that shift. A lot of pastors were like, what does that look like? We can't do church online, but the Lord's mm -hmm. like, yes, you can. And here's the pause to get, learn how to do it. You know, mm -hmm. like that's my perspective on it. And I, I know that I may be wrong, but like from my time with God, I do believe that there was a reason for a great pause, you know? Um, sure. I believe that. I believe he turns like, no matter what happened, he's always working. So he's going to, he's going to continue to do what he's doing and he's going to use every available resource uh, to do it. So it, a lot of people think, you know, well, social media is of the enemy. Um, well, God is using it. God is going to take whatever is out there and he's going to use it for his good and for his kingdom because he is the creator of all good things. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. And I know the pandemic was hard. It was so hard, but I mean, it, it caused me like, I got, I like, I got rededicated during the pandemic. So it caused me to cause me to put everything I have and give it to him. Yeah. You know, cause I like, it was, it was so hard that it was just like unbearable, you know? Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of people have faced that. So sure. The next sure. question is how do you hear from God? Wow. Um, that's, that's so good. Cause there, there are like, there are a lot of different ways that he speaks, you know, like, um, primarily, um, primarily, like, I would say this, like, the main way he speaks to me is I, like, I can just hear him. Like, so, some people hear, some people see, some people even like have like a feel like, and he uses all three of those. Like, I feel him, I feel him sometimes. And then he shows me something sometimes. Um, and then I can hear from him, you know, like, I know his voice, you know, like I know when it's him, I believe that as you spend enough time in his word and praying and fellowshipping with him, that his voice is, you know, you just recognize it, even though if it is that still small voice, you're like, that was the Lord. And I'm becoming more in tune with that. Um, as I walk and he begins to confirm that that's me, but, um, he speaks to me a lot through his word and, um, speaks to me a lot through his word. And then, I wouldn't say, I mean, he speaks to me. I don't mean the audible voice of God, but I do mean that still small voice. Um, I don't think I've ever heard the audible voice of God. Um, I had one encounter, but no one else is in the room with me that he spoke to me very clearly about something. And um, I'm not sure. I don't, I wouldn't, I think it was inner. I think it was more inner, uh, like an, a really loud. He just spoke to me really loud and clear on that one. Um but recently he's been showing me things um as i've been praying for people um i've been seeing pictures and it's been really cool because i like to tell people this like god speaking doesn't necessarily mean it's with words because communication like i can like i can speak to you with with signs i can speak to you with pictures, I can mime at you uh, or, or whatever and, and be able to communicate something to you. Well, God can show you a picture and that picture can communicate something to you. And you just have 
a communication produces this understanding. Mm -hmm. So communication gives you this understanding, whether it be from a picture, him saying something or giving you an impression that you know what he's saying. And, um, but yeah, how he speaks to me primarily is I can hear him. Uh, just the still, still small voice, the little, the inward leading, um, his word, of course. Um, and then uh, lately he's been actually showing me some things as I'm praying for people or as I'm seeing something, I'm actually um, having dreams more and um, having, seeing things more. So I, I don't know if this is just something he's adding unto me. It's kind of happened in and out of my life where I've been able to see, but it's been more frequently. So um, maybe that's just being fine tuned in my life. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I think as we walk with him, like and build relationship, um, we start to hear him and understand him more. You're totally right with that. And um, the Bible has kind of helped me understand him and build my relationship with and get to know his voice. Um, also, I totally can testify what you're saying with pictures. That happens to me all the time. Like when, mm-hmm. when I'm like, um, I think it's, it's called word, words of knowledge. So like when, when I'm, when like when I'm in a room, sometimes I look to see what God's doing and I'll see like a picture of like a spine and then see like bolts or something. And I'm like, well, you know, and then I, I like pray for back pain, you know, pray, pray for this. And then as I pray, I mean, we, we had Liddell on and I got a clear word of knowledge for someone's spine and their back. And I prayed and actually got thousands of views on Instagram and someone was healed. They, they commented it. So I think like, he shows us things and like as we are obedient when he shows it and when we hear his voice he unlocks a new level of relationship kind of like as you walk in obedience you unlock a new new form of him you know you unlock more of him because and i'll have to dive deeper in the word to understand that but i mean in my uh, in my walk with god that's how it's been as i've been obedient i've i've heard him more because like and sometimes I've been off, you know, like when you have like a off prophetic word for someone like that's not for them, but you know, it's, it's okay to be off sometimes, you know? Yeah. Keep shooting, man. I mean, you got to keep going. You can't be deterred because I've, I feel the same way I've been off and I've been like extremely on like ridiculously on, or I've had like a word of knowledge about somebody or uh, that's like beyond accurate, like telling them their occupation and what they've been doing lately. And I'm like, whoa, that was the Lord, you know, like almost scary. And so that kind of stuff is so fun and you should never, never stop. You know, like Mm I heard somebody say this, that, uh, you know, just that uh, I'm learning to hear if you mess up, just say, I'm learning to hear from God, you know, like, it's not like a, it's not a bad thing to to do it. You're learning. It's in in this experience and practice as you go. Yeah. It's kind of also like, it's kind of like learning guitar, you know, as you play guitar, when you first start, your fingers hurt, they have to bleed and then you build the calluses, you know, and it's kind of like, and then you start to have like such a, and then you start to learn the the different chords. You start to learn more about God. You start to build these calluses. You start to get experience with him and then you end up playing a beautiful tune and it's, it's just incredible. Um, okay. So we got three more questions. So what does it mean to really love God? Okay, this is this is good. Uh, I love this question uh, so much because when I the like my heart cry uh, to love God is to obey God. Jesus talked about it. He says, um, I think it's I think it's uh, John fourteen maybe. Let me turn there. Okay. But yeah, I love it. Love it. Such a good question, and this is a this is an amazing thing that people could so just 
enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, throughout all of John 14, um, I love it. I love it. Um, this is so good. This is amazing. Um, say you look at John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. So he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, and, and first John talks about this all, a lot too. Um, verse 21 of the same chapter he says he that hath my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loves me and he that loves me shall be loved to my father and i will love him and manifest myself unto him but yeah so loving him and obeying him are hand in hand so if you really love god you'll obey god some people i mean like i want to be bold when somebody says like oh i love god but like this and i'm just doing this i'd be like no you don't you know i've literally had that conversation with people be like I know that God loves you, but you don't love him. Like I've literally told people that, and that'll wake somebody up sometimes. Now you don't just say that unless you have unction to say it, but sometimes God is really real with people and be like, I love you, but you don't love me. Cause if you love me, it will look like actions produce, like your actions would tell me what you believe that you believe that I love you. And it's really as simple as this too, because it's not that they don't want to love God. It's, that they haven't received the love of God because he that loves, we love him because he first loves us. Yeah. You have to receive that love before you can give it. So you're trying to love God without receiving his love is impossible. It's absolutely impossible. You can't walk in love unless you're with him. And so God is so simple. He just wants to love these people to where that they can obey him um, in this way. Like he wants to walk with them. He wants to be with them. He wants to protect them. His obedience is your protection. His obedience, obeying him is like saying, he's saying, Hey, don't go over here. Hey, do this. He's not looking to, to control or manipulate people. He is looking to protect his loved ones. He is, you know, like just imagine like the God speaking to you and he's like, hey don't go over there and you're just like well, i'm gonna go over there like no god is trying to protect you he has an aerial view he has a spiritual view without without space or without time he sees your beginning and he sees your end and he's just trying to protect you and as you let him love you it produces this desire to tr your trust in him is there and so therefore you want to obey him so um, we love him because he first loved us so in order to love god you have to first be loved wow so good. So what does it mean to really depend on or trust God? To really depend on him? Whoa. Okay. So I just believe in complete and total dependence on him. And that means that I don't want to make things happen in my own strength. So to really believe him, to really trust on him is to allow him allow him to do what he said he's going to do and for us not to step in and do it. So I believe that if he's asked us to do something, then we can do it. But if he hasn't asked us to do it, to not do it. So my complete and total dependence. So if God says, um, just let's see, like when he told us to go to harvest school, you know, like I have to like that impression that I have, I have, I have corresponding actions with that. Like God wants leading this to sell the car, let us to sell the car at the right time. Got what we wanted out of it so like to trust him is to walk with him in this this beautiful thing and say all right god you're gonna lead me i'm i'm hearing you i'm believing your word i'm trusting you and what you're asking me to do and i'm going to follow this out with you like i like really what i was talking about like to really trust him is to stay with him to not just do things in your own strength so completely dependent on him because 
we have one job. Our job is believer. You know, we're the believers. He's, he, he says the word, we believe it. He performs it. Like we have one job. He's got two. He's, he speaks and he performs. Our, our job is just to believe what he said. Anything he would have us to do in corresponding action is never difficult. Like as far as like, I mean, it may be like physically on your flesh difficult, but it's, it's just cooperation with what he said that you believe like I'm sold out to you, Lord. I believe that you love me and I, I can trust you with my whole entire life. So you have to trust him with your future to really trust him. You have to trust him with now and the future. So good. And as we talk about future, like, does your choice of friends matter to your faith? You know, yeah. a lot of people say like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So for sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, my wife and I, we used to do the youth ministry. And one of the biggest things we talked to our youth about is um, relationships because mm-hmm. um, the Bible talks about it in first Corinthians 15. He says um, bad, bad relationships produce bad behaviors. So that's, that's your scriptural reference for it. There's tons of them. Um, Proverbs talks a lot about the, about about relationships as well. And you see in the Bible people that God places together, they're they're for reasons. And sometimes they're for seasons. And we have to be listening to who God's asking us to connect with. I love um and if we're if we're talking to Christians, you know, like this is the primary thing. God sets people in the body. He sets people in the body. So who he's asked you to be in relationship with is not up to you. It's up to him. Like, that's like, it's not up to us. Yes, we're to love everybody. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, Jesus had three people that was, he had 12 disciples and he had many followers, multitudes of followers, but three that walked with him very, very closely, mm-hmm. uh, Peter, James, and John. And I believe that God has that for us. I mean, David had, David had mighty men. And then he had, he had three mighty men that stayed close with him. I believe that that was a type of what Jesus had with his disciples. And I believe that that's a godly principle, like uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I believe that God is going to give people, if we'll ask him, that he's given us three really strong divine relationships, uh, people in our lives that we have to recognize. And that's, uh, that's what I believe that from seeing it in Scripture, that God has put people in our lives that we can really um, – really trust in their godly people i want somebody in my life that's going to tell me what this says you know what is what is god saying in his word because i don't i want to hear what the prophetic word is saying absolutely but it has to line up with the word of god you want to find somebody in your life that is grounded and settled in the word and in the spirit so i believe that any i know people that have uh that relationships that that they think that they're in their life to um, this is a big one, especially among kids um, that they think that they're in their life to help them because they care so much about this person, but that person um, themselves, they're not ready to help someone. They're not in a position to help. Mm. You have to be so grounded in the word and you have to be so uh, understanding of God that you're not going to waver because the pull of the world is so strong that unless you are settled in Christ, unless you are know that you're not going to be budged and God's asking you to be in their life, to be a help. And you know that it's, it's obviously evident too, because you also have people that are like, even like over you in the Lord, like that you, that are overseeing, watching over your soul. The Bible talks about that, like that they watch for your soul, that they may give an account. They want to give a good account. So he says that you should do it 
you should be obedient, like in that aspect of your life to, to know them that are among you and to, and to be bare with them. So God's going to give you people that are over you, people that are lateral, and then the people that are under you. And our job in those is to come underneath every one of them and serve them because the greatest in the kingdom is a servant. So our job is to look at this from that, those lenses that we're, we're, we're becoming greater servants. And, um, that just, that, that last part to take out the fluff out of anybody's relationships, um, in those friendships that they're not just a, a lateral thing. I don't want people to think that they're laterally connected with them in the sense that they're not meant to go under. It's more just of, of a friendship type area. Then you have people that you're pouring into, um, that you want them to come up, you know, you're not, they're not always going to be there. They should, if they're always there, then we have problems, you know, like, um, you want them to come up to the place where that they are, they're your friends and companions. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God wants to raise those people up there and, and give you to other people, you know, like yeah. you, you th- there'll still be times where you pour into their lives and stuff. And then eventually they'll start pouring into your life because the spirit of God is wanting that he's wanting that divine exchange of this it's so beautiful. So good. All right, bro. Well, before we go, I asked Carissa this question. I think I'm going to add it to the podcast from now on. I'm ask someone uh, their city where they're at. Um, but as we help with local church in like one minute or less, um, what do you want to see God do in Chattanooga? Mm. Yeah, I want to see unity in, in Chattanooga. I want to see the entire church come together um, I, I obviously want to see all the miracle signs and wonders, but the, the thing that I want to see above everything is I want to see Chattanooga be a unified church. I want to see every church in Chattanooga, uh, the crossing city church redemption. I want to see living faith church, every church that you can think of, uh, Abba's house, local church, every church just come together for one purpose and, uh, and one goal to see Christ in one body. We're one body, one spirit, one Lord. God doesn't see denomination. He doesn't see any of that stuff. That's not his plan. That's man's plan. He sees Christ. He sees Jesus in the earth in us. Incredible, uh, so that's, that's my heart. Incredible. Praise the Lord. All right, brother. Well, would you mind praying us out? Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for, for this day. We thank you, Father, for Jesus, that you would give us your son. And we thank you for giving us your spirit that's in our hearts crying, Abba, Father, we choose to obey you. We say yes to your voice. We thank you that you love us. We let you love us so that we can love others around us, Lord. We thank you. We honor you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much for watching. I hope this podcast changed your life today. If it did, put in the comments, tell us what you learned, how it helped you. Put amen in the comments. Let's just blow this up and share this with a friend. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I love you guys. See you next week.